Hello Mashers. So after a fairly quiet summer of um, franchises that I wasn't interested in, Disney juggernauts, that kind of thing. Um, uh, so most recently you talked about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which if you listen to that review, you probably say, I think Andy Balaam said I damned it with faint praise, which I don't think is true. I think I liked it with reservations, is a politer way of saying that. Um, but anyway, this week's pod is all about uh, it chapter two uh, for something that's brand new and uh, alita battle angel so something that came out earlier in the year but we'll start with it chapter two which i went to see last week with my wife in a rare night out which was a lot of fun um so it's the 2019 american supernatural horror film the sequel to the 2017 film it uh, both based on the 1986 novel by stephen king the film is directed once again by Andy Muschietti from a screenplay by Gary Doberman and it's the second film in the IT film series produced by New Line Cinema, Double Dream, Vertigo Entertainment and Ride Back and distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, so this features uh, an ensemble cast including Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, James Ransone, Andy Bean and Bill Skarsgård who returns as Pennywise the Dancing Clown and it's set in 2016 27 years after the first film and it follows the remaining members of the Losers Club reuniting in order to defeat the eponymous being who has returned to terrorise the town of Derry Maine so uh, if you listen to the pod or go back to a back back issue of the pod you know that I really enjoyed it uh, I really enjoyed its um, evocation of Stand By Me, which is another Stephen King adaptation. Uh, also, The Goonies, you know, the kind of um, loss of innocence uh, plotline of it. Uh, I think focusing solely on the children was a really strong move by Andy Muschietti and Gary Doberman in that movie. Uh, made it pretty much an irresistible combo uh, in terms of the fact that none of the adults in that film are trustworthy. But this, of course, jumps forward uh, 27 years and it finds the remaining members of the Losers Club um, all grown up but facing once again the threat of Pennywise the Dancing Clown who is back um, so uh, Mike who's played by Isaiah uh, Mustafa he calls the Losers back to Derry uh, to um, face it once again well, for what he hopes Will be the last time because as he points out in the movie this isn't really a spoiler that they're going to be too old if they wait 27 years again he's figured out that the that it returns every 27 years and then goes into hibernation uh, they're going to be too old to do it again in 27 years time um so uh, the movie kind of moves through different phases uh but the the important stuff that happens is that is that the losers have to find a totem they have to find something to do with it or to do with their past in the town and free themselves from the fear of it so for each of them that's a different thing i won't really talk about what that is because that's you know spoilers and all of that kind of thing but i thought that those sequences were very effective um with i think i'd say note perfect casting in every case in terms of this movie uh, so James McAvoy plays older Bill Denbra. Jessica, Jessica Chastain plays an older Bev. Um, James Ransom plays an older Eddie. B 
Bill Hader plays an older Richie in, with, in very good form. And Isaiah Mustafa plays an older Mike. And um, there's also a small part for Henry Bowers as a grown-up, which is, I think, one of the only muddy plot points of the film that isn't really properly explained in terms of timelines, how he's still alive, but he is still alive. Um, and uh, there's also a very amusing cameo by Stephen King, which I enjoyed a great deal. Um, there's been a lot of criticism of King's novels in terms of the fact that he's terrible at finishing things. I think that the novel of It has a pretty satisfying ending. Um, I think that the movie of It Chapter 2 uh, also has a pretty satisfying ending. But I think it's very difficult to end an epic sweeping story like this in a satisfactory way. See The Return of the King or any kind of end part of, a, of an epic sweeping story. Um, but I think that what happens after the big ending is more interesting than the ending itself, if that makes sense. And I felt that to be hugely effective. And I've, I've heard some people say that they found that a bit schmaltzy, uh, but I didn't. I thought that it worked extremely well. So I really enjoyed it, Chapter 2. I found, I found it is satisfying. It's, uh, I think that, that Part 1 is very satisfying in the way that it evokes, as I said, classic 80s um, coming-of-age movies. Um, but I think Chapter 2 succeeds because of the ensemble cast and because of the really, really good screenplay, uh, the excellent performances. It's really great to see big-budget horror on the screen um, because I think we're used to horror movies being budgeted fairly modestly uh, and then, you know, doing lots of business. Uh, this is budgeted at 79 million, has so far taken 384.9, which is very good. Um, uh, and certainly that budget is up on the screen in terms of the cast. The visual effects are fantastic. The screenplay is excellent. It's been directed extremely well by Andy Machete. Uh, I think that he's succeeded in adapting this very well indeed. So I really enjoyed it, Chapter 2. I think if you like... Stephen King and you like a good scare and a laugh it is funny as well um, then go check it out it's out of cinemas now uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast it might be out on DVD and Blu-ray uh, the other thing I want to talk about is um, Alita Battle Angel so this isn't out at cinemas now this was released uh, all the way back in January this year in 2019 um, one that I missed out on because I saw the trailers and thought it looked pretty ropey. Um, sort of a Matrixy knockoff directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's had a complicated and convoluted uh, journey to the screen in terms of um, uh, James Cameron was attached to it before he was attached to Avatar. In fact, I remember reading about this on Ain't It Cool News um, back in the day and thinking, never heard of that. That sounds potentially interesting, though. That didn't happen, but Cameron still had the rights to the story. He's had the rights for years and years. And the story goes that he was wanting to do something with it, but didn't have the time because he's obviously working on these, however many Avatar sequels that he's working on. So he hooked up with Robert Rodriguez and said, well, I can't make this, but are you interested in making it? Rodriguez was interested and hence we had this movie. Um, 
so I thought the trailers for this were pretty terrible um, also I've never really sold on Christoph Waltz in anything because I think he chews the scenery up in a really kind of annoying way but I quite enjoyed this in a kind of Matrix light Ready Player One light kind of way it kind of works uh, in that it does have a bit of an emotional beating heart and most of that comes from um, young actress Rosa Salazar who is fantastic as Alita really quite special also Christoph Waltz isn't too annoying um, I think that you know I've, I've never really seen a Robert Rodriguez film that I have liked all that much um, not even From Dust Till Dawn which I think is a bit of a mess uh, and in this case I kind of like this I thought it was I thought it was pretty good uh, I, th I think that visually it's pretty boring pretty flat looking but it does have a great central performance by Rosa Salazar that carries the movie along and uh, I think it's pretty good I'm not familiar with the uh, source material which is a Japanese manga at all but I liked it and I think that uh, if you are you're interested in this kind of thing it's also shot by Bill Pope who shot the Matrix movies he also shot um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Team America World Police so there you go, there's some triv for you. Um, so this one uh, had a budget of 170 million, which is pretty hefty, and took 404.9, which isn't fantastic. Uh, but, you know, may get a sequel, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't massively turned off by it. In fact, in fact, towards the end, I even had a sense of peril, which is unusual for a movie like this. In this country, it's rated 12. Um, in the UK, it's rated 12. Uh, I found some of the violence to be pretty gruey, although there is hardly any blood. Most of the, most of the violence is um, cyborg on cyborg, so there's no blood, which is, I suppose, how they get away with the 12 certificate. Uh, one strong expletive. Uh, going back to it, Chapter 2, that is rated 15, and it is very much a 15. Uh, so that's two interesting things um, this week uh, you might get another review this week if I if I uh, find the time and that is I'm going to go into see Ad Astra or Brad Astra or uh, Bad Astra as it's also known I'm going to go and see that tomorrow so uh, see how that goes anyway that's all for now don't forget to check out the Good Robot Andy's podcast of which I'm a contributor uh, there's a brand new one coming up all about machine learning where um we are joined by Fran Bontempo, who talks all about machine learning and AI, with me saying some silly things that are not related to machine learning and AI. Uh, so if you fancy a laugh and you might learn something, check out the latest one. Anyway, that is it for now. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>